name is Shandy Chernow, and you are listening to the Shandyland Podcast. Today is your day if you are a fan of Pokey, because I have a fantastic guest. His name is Mark Setterington, and he is the co-founder and CEO of the Island Finn Pokey Company. Mark, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And I hear there's happy birthday in order, so happy birthday this week, too. Thank you very much. Our research is complete, you know. So tell me the story. How did you and your partner, Paul, decide to start uh, Island Finn and why Pokey? And tell me your background and how you ended up where it is that you are now. All right. Well, before we did this, I spent 11 years in Vegas. So my last job in Vegas, I had uh, five restaurants that I took care of in Las Vegas and five restaurants that I took care of in Southern California. I was spread from San Clemente to El Segundo. So when I was in California, this is what I would eat. I mean, pokey was on every corner, right? So Paul called me and basically said, hey, I quit my job of 20 years. So he was with Darden for 20 years. And, you know, we, you know we're guys, right? What do guys do? Guys talk crap about, how we're going to do our own thing and we're going to stop working for the man. And all it was ever was talk, right? Well, he, he sent me a message and said, Hey, I quit my job. And I was like, Holy crap. Now what? Right. Cause you know, I had a great job. I was working Monday to Friday and living life and whatever. And, what and my wife was like, you managing in Vegas? Uh, the, the last job was Acai restaurant. And it just happened that, when I went to work for him, I added pokey to the menu. So I got to practice what I love. <clears throat> so uh, flew Paul to LA and I took Paul to all the places that I loved and all the places that I didn't love because I thought that the only way to get great was to look at the good and the bad. And that way you can see what, you know, and it's, it's opinion. Right. I'm uh, I'm in restaurants for 30 plus years. I. I'm good at what I do. So I wanted to make sure that if we did it, we weren't buying a job. Right. It was going to be the food was going to be great. The service was going to be great. And it was going to be super simple because we were just going to have a couple of restaurants, work with our kids, golf, go to the beach and, you know, be bummed. Well, it didn't work. <laughs> right because winter springs open and it kind of blew up and you know we got approached by a company and you know they were like hey have you ever thought about franchising and i was like no why would i and then we started doing research and realistically there's a lot of pokey out there but there's a lot of pokey that isn't great and i'm not saying that bashing other companies because i mean if you and i got in a got on a plane and went to california i would take you to the three places that influenced what we did right i mean there is a lot of good there's also a lot of not good so i wanted to improve on what i saw so that i mean that's what it did i mean we we drove the four and a half hours back to to vegas and on that four and a half hour trip is really where we came up with the the groundwork for what was going to be Island Finn Poker Company. So, 
That's awesome. So why Pokey? The answer is obviously because you love Pokey and you saw an opportunity in Florida. Um, it, I wanted, I did not want the regular restaurant stuff. I didn't want a grill and a fryer and grease traps and hoods and fire suppression, right? We were doing this. We were doing it with all of our own money. So we needed, I wanted it cheap and I wanted it easy and I wanted it delicious. So that's what we got. I mean, you walk into our restaurants and all you smell is clean, right? The kids that we have working here love working here because when they're done working, they can change their clothes and go out because they don't smell like French fries, <laughs> right? It's, or a fish, apparently. Yeah, no, no, no. Because, you know, it's not supposed to smell like fish. You know, when you walk into a pokey restaurant and all you smell is ammonia from cleaning products, eh, it's a little scary, right? Like, what are you, what are you hiding from? Right? So that's what we came up with. And that's pokey. I mean, people are looking for healthy fast food. And we're fast food. I mean, you're in the restaurant. If you get it to go, you're here five minutes. Yeah. I mean, you're, it's, it, getting, the poke, getting the poke bowl from us is quicker than going to McDonald's, walking in ordering, waiting for your food and leaving. It's quicker than that. And the experience is much more pleasant. And it keeps your operations super simplistic. Yeah. Well, my 19-year-old daughter, Zoe, runs the Winter Springs restaurant. My other daughter and I are in, we're in Katy, Texas right now, opening our 15th location. I don't have to worry about it because my 19-year-old can run the restaurant because it's simple. And that's not, I mean, I'm not discounting what Zoe does, but that's why we made it this way. As a franchisee, you don't want to buy a business where you're going to make Poke Bowls for 40 hours a week, right? I tell all of these guys, go out and market in your community 15 hours a week, hire the, hire the right team to execute the business, and you're successful. You know, it's, it's a lifestyle. It's not a job. Pokey the lifestyle. I like it. So why did you decide to franchise? Because there was a there was a huge demand for it, and as we were talking to regular guests, they were like, "Oh, you should do this. You should do this," and and it just worked. In two years, you know, we've gone from our two company stores to this is number fifteen that we're open. We have thirty one sold. We will. I just got off my development call. We're about to close deals for six restaurants. So it will be. I'm knocking on wood, but. You know, we'll have 50 locations sold by the end of the year. If we were going to do it ourselves, I mean, we'd still be sitting at two. You're not going to expand and get this food in more people's mouths just building your own restaurant. And that's what I want. We're open from Worcester, Massachusetts to Salinas, California, and many places in between. So you mentioned that you were working with a company on the franchising piece. Did that enable you to, to kind of take that leap without having the in-house expertise on it? Say it one more time. You had mentioned that you were, you were approached by a company about franchising. Did that enable you uh -huh. to go down that path? You know, working with an yeah, outside my, person about it? 100%. And uh, the guys that, that are, they're, they're my partners now. I've given them the ability to earn equity in the company. So they're, I mean, Cliff and Justin are all in. They're really passionate about the brand and the food. But I think the thing that sold me on 
Cliff and Justin is the fact that if you if you come to Cliff and Justin and Island, they want what's best for you, right? And if it's not Island Pin, they'll find some something else to get you into. So it they're committed to the brand, but they're equally committed to their buyers as well. So it means that the communication is just open and honest. There's no used car salesman about it. the integrity is incredible. And I think that's what really drew me to Cliff and Justin. They're I mean when I say partners, they are they're fully invested in the success of every person they sell a franchise to. So how do you decide on your franchisees and what locations they'll be in? Uh, a lot of it, I mean, it's, it's very cyclical. Like right now we're working four different franchise prospects in Salt Lake City, Utah. And I'm like, what? And it just happened. Uh, two different guys in Long Island. So, um, Cliff and Justin prospect, they find us on our website. When we like, we'll open this restaurant in Katy on Monday in the next three or four weeks, we'll get four different franchise prospects out of this restaurant. The restaurant, the product, the service is the best sales tool. As far as picking them, the sales process is probably 45 days before I even meet them. So flipping at webinars and phone calls and whatever. And then by the time it gets to me, it's a founder's call. And the founder's call is all about how do we like each other, right? How do we feel like a franchise agreement is a 10-year deal, right? And it's got to be. When you're in the sales process, you're dating. I was going to say, it's when almost you like a marriage. Agreement, yeah. You sign the agreement, we're married. And that's what I tell them. And it has to be, can I, do I feel like I can sit across the table from you for the next 10 years and break bread? Right? Because if you care about me and I care about you and your family, we're going to work harder for each other. And I know that sounds a little uh cheesy but this whole business is about family and it's about relationships it's not just write me a check open your restaurant see you later it'll it will never be like that and when it gets to the point where i can't handle everything i'm doing and the relationships i'll hire a president and they'll take care of all the stuff that i don't want to do but it won't be the relationship piece because that's the important part yeah, I was going to ask, how is it that, you know, as you expand, and you're expanding quickly, um, how do you maintain, you know, the, the quality of the food and the quality of the service and um, make sure that there's a consistent experience with all these different franchisees that you're working with? But it sounds like you really stay very close to them. How does that work as you get bigger and bigger and bigger? It's awesome. because we've, we've done a few things this last year, even during COVID, where we took on some infrastructure uh, one of them was uh, a computer company called Naranja. So now all of our franchise tools and information is in one spot that we call the Big Island. So as small as we, we are, we have our own intranet. So we did that this year. Um, my daughter, my other daughter, is the training manager. She trains all the franchisees. She opens all the restaurants and trains all the new teams. She has built... Uh, a binder this thick with training materials and everything a franchise needs to know. And then our first real, you know, 
big company hire, we hired a franchise business coach. And Chris comes to us from 15 years at Brinker on the franchise side and uh, three years with Blaze Pizza as a franchisee. So he can relate to me and then he knows how to relate to the franchisees what I'm trying to talk. So we're, we have uh, a marketing agency that works for us now. So rather than hiring a marketing manager, we hired an agency. So the price of a marketing manager, I get five people working on my account instead of one, right? Graphic design, content, everything. And, and uh, uh, we have a partnership with CBRE, who's one of the largest commercial real estate companies in the country. Well, guess what that means? I don't need a real estate manager. CJ works for CBRE. They pay him, right? And I benefit of a real estate manager without having a salary. No offense, CJ. And it's the same thing with the construction company. We, we now have a nationwide relationship with Yellow Brick Construction. They're in the process right now of building five restaurants from Longwood, Florida, Carrollwood, Florida, up to Downers Grove, Illinois. So I didn't need a salary for a construction manager. I have Yellow Brick. They're my construction manager. So it's, I think that for us, we're going to keep it tight as long as we can so that we can spend our money on what's more important. And that's marketing of the franchises and building out the restaurants the right way and everything else. When it's time to add on, we add on like we did with Chris. I like that. What, uh, how did you, so you mentioned, you know, you love pokey. You took Paul to all these different places. You wanted to do better than what they're doing. How did you develop the menu? Is that you? Did you hire a chef? Are you a chef? What's the, what's the inspiration behind what's on the menu and what's not? So, Across the street from my restaurant in El Segundo was a, was a pokey spot. And it was a, a, a little old Hawaiian man. And I, I mean old. He's probably 70 years old, running his spot every day, right? And I made friends with him. And he's like, here's the deal, Mark. Everybody can get pineapple and everybody can get fish. The place where you're going to differentiate yourself is in your sauces. So it was many, many long days in my kitchen in Las Vegas and trial and error and coming up with sauces. My brother, uh, Peter, is a classically trained chef, and he, he, can, he can put stuff together like nobody. Like uh, one of our most popular marinating sauces is the Wicked Wahine. It's a little bit of sweet and a little bit spicy, right? I called Peter. He, he lives in Michigan. He's driving in a snowstorm, and I said, I need something sweet and spicy. He's like, give me five minutes. Driving in a snowstorm, calls me back. This, 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 and this. I put it together. We try it for our guests, and it was like, holy hell. I mean, like, legitimately, it blew up. So I've got Jack, who was one of my chefs at Margaritaville. Uh, he still works, works with me. He does restaurant openings. He does uh, restaurant inspections for me. And it was the same kind of thing with Ono Ono. We went to Bowie, Maryland to open the restaurant. Jack ran over to the grocery store next door brought me back a bunch of ingredients, put it together and said, try this. And I was like, holy crap, we needed a vegan finishing sauce. Boom, vegan finishing sauce. And it's, it's money. It's home run. So I have, I have such a crazy amount of 
talent around them. It's just, it's a beautiful thing. So does each of the locations make their sauces every day or are you shipping that stuff from a more central location? No, all the sauces are house-made. So per location? They're, they're every location, yep. Cool. But that says how easy the recipes are. There's no cooking. All we do is we combine ingredients. We emulsify simple stuff like that. So like in Zoe's restaurant, it's, you know, 18, 19 year old kids making the, making the sauce. And that all goes back to keeping with what we wanted. It had to be super simple. It couldn't be, you know, chemistry and rocket science, putting these sauces together because it, it would never work. So I was checking out the menu. I live in Arizona and obviously I've been stuck here for quite some time. Thank you, COVID. Um, so I have yet to make it to Florida or one of your other locations to try out your menu. But when I have pokey here, I am an absolute creature of habit. I am Hawaiian tuna with Hawaiian tuna with Hawaiian tuna. It's not on the menu. How do I make it with your magical sauces? Or something close well, to that well, kind if of you flavor? Could, if you, well, the, the big thing about pokey in Hawaii, I have a ton of regular Hawaiians, regular guests. And the thing that they're looking for are to take the home. Number one, we use Aloha Shoy, which obviously they understand that's the Cadillac of soy sauces, right? Um, so you would go for the OG sauce, right? So the OG sauce is uh, premium gluten-free soy sauce, sesame oil, olive oil, rice vinegar, and then we marinate fresh jalapenos and fresh Maui onions for 24 hours. And those are all the flavors that you would be looking for. So you would get the, the AAA grade single line caught ahi tuna, and then you would marinate it in the OG sauce and go down the line and we would talk you into other stuff. <laughs> you know, we're not Hawaiian poke, we're mainland poke, which means we have 30 plus ingredients, right? Yeah, the menu is huge. Unlimited top. Yep. Yep, it's it's amazing. And, you know, it can be as simple as you want. But once you come in, we have a lot of people come in and go simple the first time, and then it's all over. The next time they come in, they go buck wild. <laughs> What's the most popular thing? Um, Protein-wise, it's spicy tuna. And it's because um, a big point of where we're different from most pokey places, you go and get pokey. When you get the spicy tuna, it looks like baby food, right? It's ground. Because what they do is they take the tail piece of the meat, where there's a lot of sinew and stuff. They grind it, and then they mix it with sriracha. That's spicy tuna. Well, we don't. What we do is we make a completely separate sauce for the, the spicy mayo. And it, it's mayonnaise, sriracha, chili oil, a little sesame oil, Togarashi seasoning and a little lemon juice to bring out the brightness. And then we toss our real tuna in it. So it's not that ground up baby food looking stuff. It's really nice chunks of AAA grade single line caught tuna. So that's our most popular protein. Well, what you want is it's spicy, but you still want to taste the tuna, right? That protein should still be the star of the bowl, and it is. So, but uh, the pineapple mango salsa is made in house, and that's a huge one. 
we have pickled daikon and cucumbers, and we make the pickle juice from scratch. That's a big one. Um, the newest topping that people really love are the spicy pickled veg, and it's carrots, cucumbers, and jalapenos. And we just add a little bit of ginger to the pickle juice, and that topping is phenomenal. So when do so we get a restaurant in Arizona? Because now I'm hungry. Working hard. I have a couple of prospects that I'm working right now in Phoenix, so hopefully one of them closes the deal. Perfect. Where do you live? North Scottsdale. Oh, nice. Very nice. We lived in uh, Phoenix for three years. We lived, uh, we had a bar in Queen Creek, and then we lived in uh, Surprise for a while. Oh, so right my wife said if Terry could live anywhere, it would be in Phoenix. <laughs> well, you can. Yeah, she loves it there. It's, it's awesome. Very good. I like it. So you mentioned you've got this great team around you. You've kind of outsourced the things that you don't have the expertise for in-house, which I think is really smart. Looking back over the years that you've been doing Island Fin, what would you do differently? It's it's kind of my sneaky way of asking what mistakes would you make that you've learned from that you would do, you know, a, another way the second time around if you could. Uh, the the biggest mistake we made was the first company that we used for development, and they were they were just flicksters. They were used car salesmen, and you know they put us behind. And it can't be just about closing deals, right? It's got to be about more. There's got to be an emotional attachment between you and I. Right, because that's how we're both going to be successful. I think that's the biggest thing, um, the most important thing. But other than that, just you know, typical restaurant mistakes. You know, the the location, the Winter Springs. The we'll celebrate our four year anniversary uh, a week from tomorrow. And if we had known before we opened that we were going to franchise, we'd have never picked that location. It's a nice location, but it's not an A location. We did it because it was convenient to where we, we wanted to live. It's a two miles from where Paul lives, and it's a mile from where I live. So it was convenient for the kids to go to Lake Howell High School, whatever, and it wasn't. We made the decision with our hearts, not our heads. So, but we don't make those mistakes with franchises now because we use CBRA for real estate. So... How would you fix the the first franchise company thing? How how do you know when a company is good for you versus not good for you? What are you looking for? I would spend more time talking to other people in the industry that do the franchising. And I would talk to people that they sold franchises too. And you'd get a much more clear picture. Yeah. Because. Check references. There's a reputation. Yep. For sure. Yep. What ad- Much more due diligence. What advice would you give to somebody who's thinking that they've got a great idea and they want to open their own place? Reach out. I mean, I, I, I am a, I, I'm an open book, right? I mean, I'm not hard to get a hold of. My email address, my phone number, call me. I always pick up my phone. And I, I feel like we are incredibly blessed, right? Where we are, what we're doing, the traje- trajectory that we're on, 
And I feel that it's important for me to give back. I've got to, I've already talked to Taylor. I mean, we're thinking about, you know, another two years starting an incubator, right? And finding people like this that have that idea, but don't have the expertise. I have the expertise on my team, right? Let me invest a little bit of money and time, right? And help you, you know, if we feel like that, that idea is, is viable because, you know, I had, I had a guy reach out and help us like that, Brad, our, we had our initial investor and, you know, without Brad, we wouldn't be where we are today. So I want to make sure that we give back. I think that it's, it's just important. You like to mentor people. What's that? You like to mentor people. Oh, for sure. I mean, every mistake that you could make, I've made. (laughs) And if I can help someone learn from those mistakes and get ahead a little quicker, I'm all about it. I'm all about it. So moving away from from the business a little bit, you know, we just went through a year-long pandemic. I say we went through. I guess we're not really on the outside of it yet, but hopefully – what did you do? You know, you talk to a lot of people and they say, oh, well, I'm going to spend this time at home and I'm going to learn something new or I learned this or I gained 15 pounds or whatever. What would be the thing that you would want to learn wildly outside of the restaurant industry that you don't know today? Mm, man. Um, that's a good one. That's a hard question. The world is your oyster. I don't know. I know. But I'm still, it's really kind of funny because all I do is this. I have, you know, my wife and my two girls, but my two girls work with me. So I get all the daddy time in my happy place, my restaurant. I think that for me, it would be going back to school and just doing some of the, you know, classes in like maybe counseling and some educational classes so that when it comes time to, to coach and to teach, you're better equipped for, um, for that. You know, I have uh, patience issues and that, that, may, that may help those things. But that's a matter of time as well. Patience issues. There seem, seems like there's a lot to unpack there. I'm curious. <laughs> I, I want things to move at, at 100 miles an hour. Yeah. And when they don't, I just, it, it kills me. Danny, poor Danny here in Katie. I mean, he should have been open three months ago. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, it, in, inspection, inspection and just crazy stuff that we've never seen in 15 restaurants. So, but different municipalities have different wants and needs, unfortunately. Yeah, that's got to be a challenge going across different jurisdictions and, you know, working across different states and opening things, kind of figuring out exactly what has to be done in each one. Well, it's, it's, that's the beauty of this recent partnership with Yellow Brick. Huh. Now I don't have to worry about it. Oh, yeah, that's, that's Chris's nice. problem. So that falls under so the construction Chris, piece. That's great. Yep. Very cool. Yep. We're going to knock, we'll knock probably 45 days off of our opening timeline just partnering with yellow brick and lowering design. Wow. That's amazing. Taking advantage of that outside expertise seems to have really been kind of your, um, magic secret sauce, if you will. 
home run. It was a home run. I love it. How do you know when to use outside versus, you know, to hire? I think it's the things that have complexity, like the marketing piece, right? I mean, you, you take on marketing and you need, you need content creation and you need graphic design and you need the storytelling and the social media uh, strategy. And I mean, that's more than a one person job, right? I don't need to hire a department. It costs way too much money. And it's the same thing with, with construction management. I could hire a construction manager tomorrow, but then then I wouldn't get a whole team. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's really interesting. So how can people connect with both you and with Island Finn Pokey Company online? Uh, There's, you can go through the website or uh, I think my email is on the website. And the website um, is? For sure. Uh, www.islandfinpokey.com. And social media? And it's super cool. Yeah, uh, social media uh, on Instagram is at Island Fin Pokey Co. And the content is awesome. Um, and then every every location has their own Facebook page. So Perfect. So uh, as you know, I like to wrap all these episodes up with my favorite little game of two truths and a lie. <laughs> so listeners, Mark is going to tell us two facts and one less factual fact about himself in no particular order. And he's not going to reveal to you which one is not true. So you'll have to get in touch with us on social media or on your favorite podcast platform in the comments, and we will let you know whether your guess is correct or not. So Mark, take it away. Two truths and a lie. I like where your head's at. So um, I've been married for uh, going on 22 years, and I have six kids, all girls, and two girl dogs. So all I have at home is, well, women. I spent five and a half years with Darden Restaurant, and we moved five times. And I'm not talking about, you know, in the same time, town. I went from Michigan to Phoenix to Cleveland, Ohio. I was driving back to Phoenix, and they redirected me to Orlando, Florida, then back to Phoenix, then back to Orlando. And my kids thought they were in the military. I was going to say worse than the military. Oh, it was, but it was my, my, you know, curse has been, I can fix broken restaurants. So when there was a broken restaurant and they needed something fixed, my, my boss, Alan would call me and say, Hey, Mark, you want to? And my wife was like, whatever, let's go. I'm like, please say no sometimes. So, but never. And, um, shoot, that's two. Oh, what was my third one? No help Taylor? No. Um, man, this is tough. It's got to be something good. Um, I spent nine weeks in Hawaii when I worked for Margaritaville opening Jimmy Buffett's at the Beachcomber. And that's where I, I never ate pokey one time when I lived in Hawaii. But what I did is I fell in love with the culture because it is family. It's Ohana. And when you're in, you're in. And I still have so many friends from there that, you know, they're really excited about what we're doing. And when they come to the mainland, they come to my restaurants and they'll eat the food and tell me how great it was. And that's what I love about the culture. So two truths and a lie. I will take that. I will 
tell you that those are the most detailed truths and lies we have ever had on the show, and I love it. It All the detail makes all of them so plausible and true that I have no idea which one that might not be true. So thank you, Mark, for being here. I truly appreciate it. This has been a great conversation and super informative. Listeners, thank you, as always, for being here. And this has been the Shandyland Podcast. Come subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform, and we'll talk to you soon. 